Good evening, welcome to the Streamline Podcast and um, today's short episode is going to be something that uh, we've had a lot of questions about during lockdown and it's the whole notion around snacking uh, and people say eating junk and why can I not stop, why do I keep doing this when I know I shouldn't, we've got to be careful when we say that as well and you know people who want to get in better shape and um, let's just say can't stop raiding the, uh, the snack cupboard. So let's get straight into it and look at a few things. So, first of all, this is common, so don't beat yourself up. Most of us do it. Sometimes, I think all of us do it some of the time. But, you know, especially during lockdown, it's been something that has been really prevalent. Boredom is not helped people not having purpose not having an end in sight not having a goal of a holiday or you know they can't get to the gym so it's people have got sometimes the mindset of what's the point so you know there's lots of people in the, in the same boat if, if you're listening to this now and you're thinking oh is this just me why can i not you know every night come 8 30 when the tv goes on why can i not stop this don't beat yourself up Let's look at it, let's be self-aware, let's look at some coping strategies and let's look at ways we can help to not necessarily eradicate but reduce. Because there's nothing wrong with having things in moderation and having things that you enjoy. So whatever your particular poison is, it might be nuts, it might be cake, it might be crisps, it might be pizzas, it might be curries, it could be whatever. You know, it could be... um, bags of midget gems you know we've all got things we like and we can't we uh, have to struggle against at times to stop eating so that's step one so remove guilt remove shame you know let's let's get that right out there straight away secondly let's look at conditioning okay bearing in mind when we are young lots of us are told to finish your plate some 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 child somewhere in the world is starving so finish your plate now when we look at it purely logically, we, we can see that us finishing our plate will not help a child somewhere in the world who may be starving or short of food. It's a completely irrational, illogical X, X, X and Y, the two different things. So, you know, we've had it brainwashed that to be a good person, we must eat all the food, finish the plate. And that drives a lot in the, in the work I do in the, in the mindset and coaching space. It, it drives a lot of behaviours later in life, which we have to un- unpick and uh, look at reversing. So there's a conditioning there for a lot of us from being young to eat it all, to finish the plate. You know, some people, when they are eating something from a packet, will have to finish the packet. They cannot eat half, fold it over, put it back in the cupboard. So, you know, there is that as well. So there is a level of conditioning there from when we are young. But that can be helped, it can be changed, and it can be um, improved upon. So don't don't think you're a victim to your conditioning because you are not. It's just something that's there. And once you are consciously self-aware of it, we can do things about it. So don't uh, beat yourself up again about that. You're not a slave to it, okay? So that's something else we need to think about when we're setting the tone for this topic. Now, when it comes to snacking, a lot of what we see is it's driven by emotion, not logic. So we, 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 at a logical level, again, I want to get fitter. I want to look good after lockdown. I want to get out in the, in the beer gardens in my best dress, in my best clothes, my best shirt. I want to go on holiday. I want to feel confident and happy. Um, so why am I 
snacking every night. Why am I doing this? So logically, we know that there's this disconnect between outcome and current processes and actions. Okay, so don't. So stay with me on that point. We then need to look at it another way as well, which is this, which is a lot of our behaviours, a lot of things we do, are to meet a need. Psychological, emotional, it can be to overcome boredom, it can be to overcome stress, it can be to overcome feelings of loneliness or boredom. So we are doing things to meet a need. Okay, so again, remember that. Now, if we just try and eradicate an action, whatever that may be, without meeting that need, it's going to be like trying to drag an elephant uphill. It's going to be a struggle and you are going to at times wobble back off track and back to the old ways. So we have to look at meeting these needs. So let's look at one thing now with lockdown, which is boredom people keep saying to me oh, when i'm bored i just keep eating okay and common right now especially you've got to look at okay so i'm doing something to meet a need i'm snacking idle hands you know i'm, I'm watching telly what else could i be doing okay so i'm snacking i'm going to the cupboard and doing that now one option is choose a healthier option so if you're eating chocolate, is there a protein bar you could buy that's lower in overall calories, fats and higher in protein, which is a snack. It satisfies a chocolate craving, but it may be getting you more protein, less fat and less calories. So it helps with your body goals. OK, so that's one option, which is substitution. So you substitute one thing with something that is maybe better for you, maybe lower in calories higher nutrient density so substitution is option one okay which is a similar product but better for you okay so that's one option two is environment so if you know that come 8 30 you put on the tv and you sit in the same chair every night that then triggers the pattern of behavior like the record that plays we talk about this in nlp scratching the record so you have a chain of events which leads you to certain things so i may turn the tv on i may sit down in the same chair then within 10 minutes i think oh i need some chocolate i need that slice of cake i need the crisps i need a gin and tonic i need a beer i need a wine whatever it may be okay so bear in mind that we are creatures of habit and we do things by association we do one thing which equals another. Think of it as uh, stimulus response, Pavlov's dogs. When you see a red light, what do you do? Hopefully, you stop. You see something, it's a trigger for an action, okay? And this is what we do. We become conditioned to, I sit there, I watch something, I eat something, okay? Now, this sounds... A little bit crazy, but sometimes the simple act of sitting in a different chair. in So wherever you sit, let's just say you sit on a sofa, not on a chair. Let's just say you sit another side to the room. 
you're, you're confusing the body and you're scrambling the, the chain of events, the pattern. You know, I sit in a certain spot, I do a certain thing. Sit somewhere else. When you sit down, pick up a book. So, again, you are interrupting that pattern of behaviour, that sequence. So sit in a different chair, pick up a book, start reading 10 pages. That may break that, that automatic response of going and drinking or eating or whatever it may be. So these are all little simple ways without having to do something drastic and dramatic that you can try, sample and see what works for you. So you can add layers to this as well. So bear in mind as well, if you know that when it happens when you watch TV, okay, here's something for you. Do you have to watch TV? Simple question, and you know you can choose your response and your outcome, but you don't have to. There isn't the gun police in your room forcing you. You are choosing to do that. Again, you're not a victim. You have a choice. You can choose not to watch. You can choose to read. You could choose to put your headphones on, listen to a podcast. You could choose to headphones on, watch something educational on YouTube instead of watching TV. Listen to an interview with somebody who you like or you're inspired by. There are a million options you could do to replace or change the behaviour. And try things that you think will work for you. And... and Play around with these things. You know, there isn't. this is never a one-size-fits-all approach to solving these issues. It never is. What works for one person will not work for another. We're all individuals. We're all unique. We're all special. We wrestle with different issues in our head. So do not think that because something has worked for your friend, it will automatically work for you. That's not true. Try things. See what works. Do not quit. Do not... Think you failed as well. That's another thing. People say, "Oh, I, I, I wanted a night off the off the chocolate, or I wanted a night off the wine, and uh, I, I didn't manage it." Okay, well, tomorrow's a new day. You start and you go again. You try something different. Go a little walk. Break the pattern. Half past eight on the night. Walk around the block a couple of times. Get in. Read a book for ten minutes. Do something different. Change the behaviours. Change the pattern. Okay. Moving on, other things you can do is, you know, confirm things in writing. Write things down, not on your phone, not on your iPad, pen and paper, old-fashioned. We know from uh, lots of research that the simple act of writing is commitment. So write down the daily processes. So don't necessarily write down what you don't want to do. I'm not going to have crisps. Oh my God, now I'm thinking of crisps and I want crisps. That doesn't tend to work. Write what you are going to do, okay? So, on a daily basis, I will get up at a certain time. I will go to bed at a certain time. I will drink the water. I will have X number of calories. Write down positive things that you, you are in control of that you can action every single day. And you, in that format, you can write down the substitute activities rather than saying what you're not going to do. So instead of thinking about, oh, oh, I'm sick of sleeping in and, oh, God, then I don't have time to exercise, then I'm rushing and then I get stressed and my anxiety goes up, so I reach for the wine and the snacking, okay? 
set a positive intention and a goal, write down what time you will get up, which will then allow me 20 minutes to walk when I wake up or exercise or meditate or breathe or put your mindset in the right space for the day. So move from what you don't want to what you are going to do, what you are committed to doing that's going to help you move towards the direction of your chosen outcomes. It's the daily processes, guys, that will help you achieve those outcomes. Yes, it's okay to have the big goal at the end, the pot, you know, the rainbow. It's great to have the pot of gold at the end. But you have to remember to get there. It is what am I going to commit to doing daily? What am I accountable to that will help me? If you win the day and you win enough days, you win the week. If you win enough weeks, you win the month. If you win enough months, you win your year. So never underestimate these micro decisions daily to win your day. And as well, these things create momentum and confidence. When you are ticking off things, yes, I hit my calorie goal, I hit my protein goal, I got eight hours of sleep, I drunk my three litres of water. These are all things that build positive momentum. Don't underestimate that. If we start keeping the promises that we we, we write down and we keep those promises to ourselves. That is what builds self-esteem, self-regard. It helps with a positive outlook. It helps us then take on bigger challenges and going after things in life and leading a happier existence. So never underestimate these micro little decisions that we have to do daily. Say it and then get after it. Get it done. Okay? So again... Changing behaviours, next step, writing things down, being accountable to ourselves. It's even more powerful if you have a coach, somebody who will call you out on that. You know, if you've said you're going to do something, I'm going to exercise for 30 minutes a day. At the end of the week, did you do it? Yes or no? And don't lie to yourself because you're not helping yourself or anyone by lying to yourself. Oh, I didn't do it. You know, somebody was going to call you out and go, okay. Now help me understand. Why did you choose? I use the word choose a lot with people. Why did you choose not to do these commitments that you said you would do to help you achieve the things you want to achieve? Okay, so it's all a choice, guys. You know, if you don't do it or you do do it, it's a choice. Oh, well, I, I was, you know, oh, you know, I was, you know, the excuses, they're irrelevant. You start again tomorrow, get back on it, do what you said you were going to do. Keep the commitments to yourself. It doesn't matter what others think. It's irrelevant. What is relevant is what you think about yourself and doing the things that you said you would do and keeping your word to yourself. Okay? So that's the commitment phase. Okay? Next of all, so we've talked about environment, changing where you sat, changing rooms, sit in different rooms, things like that. Okay? Another point I want you to consider. And this one's, it's difficult to a degree right now, but virtually, with a bit of thinking, you can do that. There's, there's something called, and I forget who it was who uh, coined the phrase, but I was listening to a podcast quite a while ago, and I think it was a UFC fighter or a wrestler or somebody, and he, he talked about the power of thirds, 33.3%. And he said about when you're looking at ascending and, and being a, a better version of you, somebody who you're proud of, who, who, who keeps your word and, and, and is self-actualized. It was about 
spending time around people who you can help that's one pot that's 133 percent people who you can help impart information could be kids peer group it could be friends somebody who you can help or you may know more than in certain areas and you can impart that knowledge you know without sort of bludgeoning them with it and they can choose to take it or not then spending 33% of the time around people similar to yourself okay they might have similar goals they might have similar aspirations you know they may want to gain muscle get stronger they may want to run a 5k they may want to be people who want to lose weight being around people with similar goals to you and then there's the final pot which is being around people who are on a higher level than you somebody who's possibly already got what you want knows more than you somebody who's a mentor a mentorship group a coaching group of people who are playing at a bigger level playing playing a bigger game than you are okay so it's basically if you look at that in terms of the gym environment could you train sometimes around people who are fitter and stronger than you and maybe that gets an extra five percent that day out of you in your session you run that bit faster you lift that bit heavier your habits are tighter all those things so it's something for you to consider who am i investing my time around am i am i working with or under people who have got stuff that i want they're playing that game it could be hiring a coach a mentor somebody who holds you accountable it could be just joining a group of people who are who are where you want to be you know if you want to start powerlifting where's the powerlifters if you want to start running where's the running club people who are already running people who i can who i can look at and ask questions of and they can share the shortcuts with me to save me time on my journey okay so there's something for you to consider and where that will impact and affect you in your life okay other things to look at as well is when it comes to emotional eating or overeating or things like that you know when i was at university we looked at studies and we looked at um calorie consumption and two control groups where they looked at where people were eating bowls of pasta and i can't remember how many grams were in the bowl it might have been 300 grams of pasta you had one group who were told to just sit there distraction free no tv on or anything like that eat chew the food well and just put the put the, the fork down when they when they are full okay so bearing in mind no distractions so no tv on or anything like that eat and just put your fork down when you are done and another group were told pretty much the same instructions but they were blindfolded okay the blindfolded group i think if i remember right consumed something like 20 to 30 percent less food and calories because they didn't see that there was food left okay they just felt full took the blindfold off and shock shock horror there was food left in the bowl the other group most of them finish the bowl and again that goes back to conditioning finish your plate be a good boy or girl there's someone starving somewhere in the world so it's, it's interesting how little things like that can affect us now what that means is there was um something on a i did a precision nutrition qualification a few years ago and I remember listening to Dr. John Berardi, um, well-respected nutritionist. I followed him at seminars. 
uh, when he's flown over to this country before. And he talked about different philosophies and he talked about, I think it was a Japanese culture and they always have to leave food on the plate. So no, you know, if you eat, you have to leave food on your plate, which as a result means you consume less food, less calories. Okay. And I'm not saying that's a deliberate weight control method, but if you think about it logically, if you consume less food, less calories, you know, we all know that weight gain, weight loss is about energy deficit or energy surplus. You know, it's going to help. And the second thing as well, which research has been done in, is this is, if you consciously chew your food more, you will eat less food. Okay, there's been studies done into this where if you actually, rather than shoveling the food down or inhaling your food as... I'm certainly guilty of sometimes. That's uh, it's been mentioned more than once to me in the past. If you, with every mouthful of food, you chew that food well, chew it over and over. And there's been people say that, oh, chew your food 20 times every mouthful. And yes, it does lead you to consuming less food, less calories. It does work. It does work. There was another study done where every time you ate a mouthful of food, you had to put either the spoon or the knife or fork down. And people did statistically consume less food because they took more time eating. They were more mindful and conscious rather than just shoveling the food down. So again, these are these are ways chewing your food more, putting the knife or fork down or spoon down in between mouthfuls. These all help you gain conscious control over what you are eating. Okay. Another thing we need to look at is the state of mind. When we're looking at emotional eating, okay, the state you are in affects that. So we've all been there where we've been either had a tough day, we're stressed, we're going through a tough time or anything. The wine, your power against it can be a little or none. The chocolates, the sweets, the crisps, the cake... You, seem all, you feel almost powerless at those times against the snacking because they provide instant gratification. They provide that satiety. They, they, they sometimes relieve our stress. Okay? So the state we are in affects the behaviour and what we do. Okay? So if we reverse engineer that and we look at it logically again, we need to look at ways of controlling our state of mind our emotions so it stops us reaching for things to de-stress us or make us feel happier so look at all the things on a daily basis we can do that are planned like i'm going to go walk every day i'm going to listen to music i enjoy i'm going to laugh every day i'm going to planning things in our great because they help on a global scale to manage our mood but however we all have curveballs each day that come our way and drop in our lap, which makes us suddenly take a U-turn to Snacksville and the cupboard's open and we're raiding it. So bear that in mind. So you have to have the macro stuff, which we do daily, that manage our mood, our state and our happiness and our health. And then we have to have things that we can do in the moment, which can help us when we are reaching for the wine, the chocolates, the crisps, the cake, whatever it may be. Okay, so bear that in mind. So what do you think you could do? Okay, quick things you can do that manage your state are things like breathing practices. Now, there's lots out there. There's things like box breathing, Wim Hof method, 
There's some great books out there on breathing practices to reduce stress and change our state and our brain waves. Another one is something called Emotional Freedom Technique. It's called EFT or tapping. There's books on it, there's videos on YouTube. Super simple, I've given it to clients before. Very, very good in the moment way of managing cravings, state and emotion, okay? So breathing techniques, EFT. Another one is meditation. Now meditation is something that there's different methods of it. I've done courses and I do something called Ascension Meditation. Uh, which I, I find very, very good. Um, but there's also other methods of meditation that might work for you. There are things on YouTube you can listen to and save them and download them that will help in the moment. So if you've had a shocking day and you come in from work, rather than straight away smashing four cans of bearing, it might be you think, right, I'm going to go lay on the bed, I'm going to have five, ten minutes, do some breathing, do some meditating for five, ten minutes. By the time I come down, I've changed my state. I'm not stressed. And I can actually look at things in clarity and think, right, okay, do I need that? Yes or no. Do I want it? Yes or no. And you can ask yourself more intelligent questions rather than being stimulus response and just acting out of stress or anger or frustration or unhappiness. There are ways, again, like I just said, state control. The other one quite obviously, is exercise. In the moment, get home, I'm stressed. Either get to the gym, go out a run, jump on the bike, do some skipping, do some burpees, go out a walk, do something that changes your physiology. It changes your environment, it gets you... If you sit at home and you know you're gonna hit, hit the booze or snack or whatever it may be, get out the house, go walk, go run, get on the bike, go skipping, get to the gym, change your environment, do something positive that's going to help you, okay? So there's just a few things that may or may not help you if you're struggling with snacking, emotional eating, and it helps you understand that yes, there's a level of conditioning, yes, stimulus and response happens, X happens, so I do Y, and we can break the pattern. And there's a number of ways which I've discussed that can help doing that. Hope that makes sense. You know, don't, don't hesitate, email the club, messages on Facebook, messages on Insta. If you've got any other topics that you want us to go through that you think might help, and I'm happy to go into it from a mindset, from a physiology or a nutrition perspective and look at ways we can do that. Hope that helps.